The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. And looks for salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team Tidy Business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting across from me on this wonderful post-trade deadline day is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, you feeling you feeling you feeling the trade heat? You feeling the fever? Yeah, that was uh things happened yesterday. That was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be, for sure. It's still, like, it wasn't like, totally entertaining, but it oh, was, it, like, manageable not at all. entertaining. It was, it, like, it It wasn't a farce. Like, I was really worried, especially on that crazy, um, I think it was sa- Sunday night, when all the biggest trades happened, and we'll get into that in plot points real quick. But there was enough to kind of tide us over, to make these broadcasts, these, you know, f- you know five, six-hour broadcasts, at least not look ridiculous. I don't know. I also was getting an MRI or not an MRI, an ultrasound on my knee right at 3 PM. So I came back to like a whirlwind of stuff. It was crazy. Ah, yeah, that'll do it. I mean, yeah, like Monday was the first time I didn't take the day off, uh, for deadline, uh, other than like the year I was actually employed by a team. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) wow. That was a day. Wow. Do you miss it? Do do you miss being in the war room? Do I miss being in the war room? Yes. Uh, do I miss that particular situation? No, no, no. Obviously not. I miss being in like in the heat of it though, because like I did so much legwork for that deadline. Like after it was done, it was kind of like a sense of pride. Um, yep. especially because we ended up acquiring like a couple of the guys that like I was really keen on. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this year was a little bit different. Just because of um the pandemic and weird it, i guess it makes people do weird things um people like momentarily <laughs> no kidding, like lose their brains i wanted oh, to boy. like rip my brain out of my head yesterday because like man we were supposed to record yes like monday after the deadline we and like i was l- sitting here at my desk working and i had a garbage can beside my desk because i mm-hmm. was puking like that's how sick i was we were supposed to record, like, this is a little behind the scenes. We were supposed to record after the Leafs game on Monday night, which would have been, like, 9, 30, 10. Right. And, and I'm, like, and the whole time this Leafs game is going on, and I'm, like, doing some prep, and I'm, like, there's no way that I'm making Rachel sit, like, sit in front of her computer at 10 p.m. after all that she has gone through on death's door to talk about trades. A, it'll sound like she's literally dead. I probably would have thrown up mid-podcast, like... Yeah, you probably would have like you would have sounded like you were being mind controlled or something. So we're here a day late. Apologies for that, but we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. It's the trade deadline extravaganza. And what? Who better to break down trades than someone who has actually been in the room when they've when they've happened? So that's going to be fun. I have heard um, the hockey men say things. Oh, I'm sure I've heard the hockey men say a lot of things actually. <laughs> God damn, I'm sure I'm sure you've you've heard things that are just harrowing. So this is going to be like pretty much an entire not pretty much. This is going to be an entire trade show. We're going to be breaking down all the big all the big trades. We're going to do a little rapid fire at the end of some of the smaller ones. I think are funny um, that Rachel will give us some insight in. 
but let's let's hop right into it. So I was going to say plot points. What was trending up was, like I said, the stress of the stress level of TSN sports and executives, because Sunday night saw or Sunday evening tonight saw Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall and David Riddick all get traded who are like at the time when it comes to actual like trade bait, like top three pieces available. Like yeah. Foligno and, and then Hall. I would even say like they were all they were all maybe in the top five. Maybe that's generous. So top 10. And they all happened the night before. Yeah. Like, don't forget, Kyle Palmieri had been traded earlier, too. But I think that one saving grace, like I was talking to James Duthie and the one saving grace was that the two like the Toronto trade and the the uh, Taylor Hall trade happened late enough that there wasn't a ton of analysis that happened. Right. Like, yeah in that for sports center or for um like sports at central so like the next day while they were waiting because historically um all of the trades happen basically between like two and three and then they like trickle Mm -hmm. through to like four so those trades happening late at night actually gave them a ton of content to talk about in the morning yeah thank god like it actually, the, I was thinking like you could essentially base the entire, cause they Sportsnet decided to be smart and start at noon opposed to where TSM was like, let's go 8am sharp, baby. Let's get this going. I know a couple people that were actually in studio for that, that did not enjoy being there at like six thirty in the morning. I feel like one of those have, have been on the podcast before. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, it, what's funny he, too actually, is there's like, no, he did a pretty good, I would say MJ. Yeah. Did a good job. Yeah, MJ and did he a looked great job. really sharp. Oh, Fire yeah, hell yeah. Man, like like when I said, the guys... look g- good, though? I mean... No, the guy's goddamn dreamboat. Are you kidding okay. me? Like, Speaking of come which, on. did you see the video of the four-year-old finding out, like, his dad telling him that David oh, Riddick yeah. had been traded? Yeah, it's you. That's me, except, like, I started crying way quicker. And my dad was, like, way more cold about it. Like, this guy's mm-hmm. dad was like... He doesn't play anymore. Like, he's playing for another team. Like, My dad was what? like, you can't watch him he's anymore dead. because we don't get the broadcast. Where you can't, he's not on TV anymore. You can't see him. And it's I, like, he like thought he died. Like, Yeah. I mean, he went to Tampa Bay, but it's the same thing at that point because no one gives a shit about but he's alive. The, the lightning Thank at that God. point. But he's alive and, do, alive and doing great. There's also a great Mike, shot we love you. of... Yes, we love you, man. Um, we'd love to have you back on the podcast, too. But uh, there's a great shot of Brian Hayes just straight up going home, like walking off the set, like mid. Like, yeah. he's, he's got like his bag over his shoulder and he's like, all right, boys, like I'm heading out. You know, it's so it's so good. But hey, it worked out. I think both broadcasts went really well. Um, and kudos I love the, uh, the Elliot Friedman tweeting and trying to talk at the same time on live TV. Oh, yeah. Fucking great. That's that was like me every time, you know, like my what's what's funny is like so every like every Sunday my dad comes over and we we're now watching the Formula One show on uh, on Netflix, which is incredible, by the way. You got to watch that. It's Drive to Survive. It's incredible. It's the best reality TV show I've ever seen. But um, we've done that. We've done that literally like since the pandemic started. Like I said, it's you and my dad and not even you recently. So it's literally my dad's the only person I see. But the trade happened when he's over. And so that was literally me like trying to hold a conversation with my dad while the Leafs trade is coming in. I'm like trying to catch it. It's crazy. But enough about that. Plot points is over. Let's hop in our deep dive. Before we do that. Word from our sponsor. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, folks. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-belt waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. 
Use the promo code StaffGraph to get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure you are trimmed and smelly nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Now, Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below the belt, waist grooming, and forever change the grooming game with their amazing products. They're here to help you with your above-the-waist holes, too. Have you heard of the Weed Whacker? This nose and hair trimmer provides proprietary safe, skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. Those premium Manscaped weed whackers use 9,000 RPM motors powered by 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, to delivering maximum confidence while providing some great hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It starts to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your ball stops sticking to your leg. Believe me, folks, that's the worst. That's probably my biggest problem in the summer. So Manscaped's really helped me out. They can definitely help you out, too. It is legit the worst. Now, you'll also find the Crop Reviver, which is a spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like those spring flowers. Now, speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. Believe me, your mom compliments me about it all the time. Now, the cologne is light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. It'll be the talk of the next quarantine hang. Hopefully, we'll be out of there by then, but still. Now, you can smell good and feel good this spring. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STAFFGRAPH at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Again, that is 20% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code STAFFGRAPH at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. All right. So, this is the big fish. Yep. We have to start with the big fish. I couldn't really believe my eyes when this happened. And you have some somewhat of considering you were working for a team when he was on that team. So you have somewhat of an insight into this. Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin. Did you say that I know Taylor Hall? Yeah. You know, you know him enough to okay. say he's on a first name basis. You call him Taylor all the I time. I literally so. call him Taylor. Yeah. I don't think I've ever called him Hall since we've. Yeah. Or Halsey. You ever, you ever call him Halsey? I mean, Hall, it's tough now, too, because Halsey's like a, one of the biggest pop stars in the world and also incredibly gorgeous. But um, Boston, the Boston Bruins acquired Taylor Hall and, and Curtis Lazar, I was going to say, in exchange for, boy, oh boy, Anders Bjork, Anders Bjork, whatever, and a 2021 second round pick. In my opinion, this is worse than one for one. Did you see Bob McKenzie go the trade is two for two? Yes, I dead. saw incredible King. King, as always, the guy just comes out of nowhere and is like, all right, deadline day is my day. All you bitches bow down. And they did. And he kept going. This is legitimately. I can't like I, I can't wait to talk. I've I've waited so long to talk about this with you ever since it happened, because I we've been waiting a long time. In fairness, we've been waiting a long time to talk about Taylor Hall just because. I have some obligations that kind of mm-hmm. preclude me from saying some things on this podcast. And there we could say there were there were some things going on behind the scenes that I have been very, if you've noticed, everyone, judicious about how I speak about Taylor. Yeah. And if you can't see the podcast, but whenever I pop off about Taylor Hall, I get the death stare from Rachel. Um, but I, I, hey, I don't have those per, perclu- proclivities or whatever, so I can do whatever I want. Proclusions. I would say this is definitely in the top five of worst trades in NHL history. Okay, so I would say, like... 
with context added and everything. Jim Rutherford was on TSN Trade Center yesterday, and I'm thinking that um, maybe he would have been better suited as the president of hockey operations for the Buffalo Sabres because I would bet my entire inheritance... Mm-hmm. Mikey just gave me a look like, whoa. Um, I would bet my entire inheritance that he would have gotten a better deal for Taylor Hall. I think literally anyone <laughs> could have gotten a better deal for Taylor Hall than this. A second, like, this is Taylor Hall. The guy, I, it's 2021, but this guy won the Hart Trophy in 2017. I know that's four years ago, but it's 2018. not. 2018. Or 2018, sorry. So that's three years ago, but it's not really that long ago. And you just had to trade you essentially just traded him for Anders Bjork and who's a, a 2021 scratch. who's a healthy scratch. Anders Bjork, who's a healthy scratch. So a taxi squad player, basically. And a 2021 second round pick in a draft where those picks hold essentially zero value to anyone. Hi, I have a question. Hit me. Why are you acquiring draft picks when you don't have a scouting staff? I, that's a great question, Rachel. It beats the hell out of me. Maybe acquire I have a no young idea. player. Maybe be like, we want... I don't know, any young player. We want Jakob Zaboro. We want literally anything but a draft pick because you've clearly demonstrated that you can't draft effectively. You literally drafted Jack Quinn eighth overall. Like, by all means, Jack Quinn's going to be a good hockey player. Eighth overall? Are you out of your fucking mind? Marco Rossi was, like, right there, and I don't know how... Maybe there's a reason Buffalo fired their scouts because I don't know how anyone shows up to watch the Ottawa 67s and goes, Jack Quinn's definitely the best player here. They had, like, you could have had anyone. You could have Seth Jarvis. You could have had Rodion Amirov. You could have, like, anyone. It's, you could have had Askarov. Oh, my God, yeah. Think about that. Talk about solving your goaltending problems. <sighs> because they but, might even lose Lena Solmark. <sighs> why are you acquiring draft picks when you don't have a scouting staff? What are you going to do with those it's not even that. It's like, why are you acquiring a second round pick and why are you doing it the night before the deadline? So here's a fun thing. Now that we're into Taylor Hall, I have some. Yeah. Can we do the whole like referendum and everything on what's gone on this year? Because it's absurd. OK, so. OK, I heard from a very well placed individual that right. there were conversations about Taylor Hall uh, like a co- like a week ago ish couple of weeks kind of thing i heard that the islanders offered the package they gave to the devils yeah to buffalo for taylor hall said package included a what a first round pick right and i also heard that kevin adams said no i think i can get more are you serious yes and lou lamorello basically went haha and then traded for Kyle Palmieri, and then Boston called up again and was like, it was literally a Moneyball situation. Boston called up after that Palmieri trade and was like, so I hear the market's dried up. Oh my God. <laughs> this is why you don't give the reins to a rookie general manager with no executive experience and no assistant GM or team president to help maybe steer the ship at all. Literally you left Kevin Adams... <laughs> You left Kevin Adams alone to just like sway in the wind and you got and now we're all wondering how on earth he got blown away. Are you kidding me? You literally put him in a tin boat in the middle of like the Moby Dick movie and expected him to live. 
you literally placed him in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> like with no food or with water, a, a and we're like bearing down on him. But yeah, I had heard covered in like whale blood. Like, also, like just to just picture this: Kevin Adams telling Lou Lamorello, "Ah, oh, no, I can get more for that. Thanks, though." Like, I, I, <sighs> on any given day, that's probably not a good idea. But like, eek. And I would also like to say this. I know for yeah. a fact, like a hardcore oh, wow. fact, that Taylor hardcore fact for the Islanders. Really? Yes. Like, uh, it's been mentioned that his NMC, which first of all, what the fuck are you doing giving a, a one-year contract an MMC? That's the other thing, Buffalo. Like, Thank you. you. That was doing? literally my next point. Um, But I, like, first of all, Taylor wanted out of Buffalo. He almost of didn't course. care where. Now, he's always liked the idea of Boston, and that's fine. But... I know for a hardcore fact, Mm -hmm. this is not speculation, he would have waived for the Islanders. I know he would have waived for Nashville. He would have waived for Colorado. He would have waived for Toronto. He would have waived for Edmonton. There were a list of teams he would have waived for. So to say that they got boxed in, no, because you had a first round, you had to deal with a first round pick on the table that for a team that Taylor Hall would have waived for and you chose not to take it, that is your fucking problem. How does this trade get worse now? Like literally, I went in thinking this is one of the worst trades I've ever heard and then you opened your mouth and said those words just now and then I went, how on earth did this trade just get worse? That is inexcusable. That is... uh, I don't have words for that. That's a fireball offense. Like, that's literally worse than Mike Milbury. This might be the worst case. Oh, that's that should be impossible. This might be the worst case of asset management I have ever witnessed in my life. You just paid basically seven million dollars because of the prorated for the contract for Anders Bjork in a second round pick. No, you paid seven million dollars because now you have to pay Anders Bjork for the next two years. So you paid seven million dollars. And for a 2020, for a second round pick in a draft where like 75% of the players haven't played this year. And, and you also don't have a scouting staff. Yes. And for an organization that doesn't have a scouting staff. I, I like, I'm speechless. Do you want to know I'm, what someone I'm, texted me? Like someone in hockey with the power to do this texted me when this happened. Yeah. What? He flat said to me, I'm calling Kevin Adams and offering four seconds for Jack Eichel. And my response verbatim was, do it. They might actually be dumb enough to say yes. Like, how can you not at least try? Like, there's that. It's I'm pretty sure it was. Is it Filipovich who said this where he's like the smart GMs are the ones who identify the dumb GMs yes. and call them every day? Yeah. And so, like, how is I know trades are over. So let's I'm assuming Kevin Adams is going to hold on to his job throughout the offseason because the Pagulas don't want to have to pay multiple people. Elliot Friedman also said today that Jim Benning is retaining his job, which <sighs> he is literally. OK, so let's let's when we discuss the next trade in our prep, I will bring yeah. this up. But Steve Eiserman and Joe Sackick are playing 5D chess and Kevin Adams yeah. and Jim Benning are gluing macaroni to construction paper. <laughs> like one of the, like two of these GMs are doing calculus and two of these GMs are playing with Legos in kindergarten. <laughs> like those two GMs are building the pyramids and Jim Benning is like drawing, it's like drawing his, misspelling his name with his own shit on the wall. Yeah, like it's crayons. <laughs> Like, honestly, when you look, okay, when you look at the Taylor Hall trade and you look at the Anthony Mantha trade, 
You're like, well, you are literally the white cat gif going, what? 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 How the fuck did Anthony... How is this the same league? <laughs> Could you imagine? Anthony what, Man- would, what would, let's say, because I'm they're crying right now. Bad. I'm laughing so hard. They're almost as bad. If Taylor Hall had played in Detroit, what yeah. would Steve Eiserman have gotten for Taylor Hall? Do you think it would have been more? He would have, like, <laughs> he would have, like, it worked into the deal that he got to bang the other GM's wife. Like, he would have been able to, like, he would have pulled some crazy stuff from that deal. The man got almost as much for trading half of David Savard's cap hit. I. <laughs> I can't, I'm like, I can't not believe. I'm kidding. Like, this, this is ridiculous. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard from all this. Like, literally, there's a. I have to wipe a tear away from this. This is absurd. Right? We've got I, Professor Pridham teaching Pridhamnomics with a salary cap. We've got Steve we'll Eiserman doing all manner of insane awesomeness. And then we have, like, this. And then we have Kevin Adams trading a, a, a former MVP who, like, anyone with a fucking calculator can look at is on one of the worst shooting percentage dips in modern NHL history. Yeah, he's so like the you fifth would think, worst shooting percentage dip in since it started being tracked. Which is like the 80s, I think. So it's just like maybe use that to parlay his value a bit more. But also like, so we, we you talk about he's not boxed in. They tried to pull a money ball move, whatever. So why not go, you know what? Clearly the market isn't what we want right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to sleep on it. We're going to put our phones down because we have a solid 16 hours until the deadline. We're going to put our phones down. We're going to sleep on it. Then we're going to wake up and return to this. And as more deals happen, teams who miss out on scores are going to get more and more desperate and then come to us and potentially worst case scenario, worst possible case scenario, the package we get is better than this one. Well, what's interesting is I know that Boston would not have acquired Anthony Mantha. Like, I know that. They didn't, they didn't want they Mantha? Did not, they did not want Anthony Mantha. So Why not? Like, that's... Uh, is just, it a character thing? Or is they just it... didn't want him. That's what oh, I was okay. told. They just didn't want that's him. That's odd. So, All right. you... Incidentally, we have an example of this last night. Last night, I was struggling for multiple reasons that we will not get into. Yes. Apart from the fact that I was literally vomiting everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make a decision. And what did you tell me to do? I told you to go to sleep. Right. I did yeah. not incidentally make that decision until halfway through this morning. And I ended up making See, a is... much more sound decision, seeing as I was in such bad shape yesterday that I misspelled my own name. Maybe you should listen to me every once in a while, Rachel. <laughs> and I did, and it worked. And so this decision was a little less important than trading your best asset at the deadline. <laughs> and maybe I'm thinking Kevin Adams probably should have slept on it. Like, you're right. There's there's a great thing in, in How I Met Your Mother, the show, where it's like nothing good, nothing of any value happens after, after 2 a.m. But I'm going to say nothing, like in the NHL, like when it comes to trades, nothing good of value happens after like 11 p.m. Maybe eleven like thirty. We're pushing it. Really? Well, I don't know. Like the Leafs, the Leafs got Jack Campbell after a game in New York. So that was probably like, is that nine thirty-five? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. I was in, I was at Yahoo and that went down. So you're right. Um, but yeah, no, it's so yeah. So I'd say ten. Like I don't understand why you like anyone with any rudimentary anyone who's played GM mode in any video game before could think. All right. So what I'm going to do is I have sixteen. 
Like I have 16 hours until the deadline, basically. It's like 10 p.m. on Sunday night and the deadline's 3 p.m. the next day. Right. So I'm getting a dog shit, a dog shit offer for what should for a, a player who we were all, we spent eight million dollars on this season and who is essentially who, whose tenure could not have gone worse and we need to parlay value out of him he's a former mvp he has he's on like a terrible shooting percentage dip we need like we desperately need not only to get value for like our team but we need to get value so like our fans don't straight up like tar feather us and then put us in a guillotine Did in the public Dwayne square go live oh i that was I, incredible like, that was, you just watched this joker origin story live it's like it's like if yeah. Joaquin Phoenix in that movie live streamed himself turning into the Joker. That's Dwayne. Like that guy is he he tweeted today that he's gonna drive to Florida and take a shit on Kim and and, and uh, <laughs> on Kim and Terry's lawn. That's like so he's funny. he's he's lost it. And you know what? I don't blame him whatsoever because this is terrible. And what you needed is you needed a win for that franchise, just in general. And this is and like not only did you not win, like oh, no. you. You lost in the worst possible way you could have. So I did the math. Buffalo is going to end up paying $7 million of the $8 million owed to Taylor Hall. And this is what they have to show for it. Now, I will say, like, he looked like I obviously have watched him play quite a bit. Um, I would say I have watched Buffalo play more than probably most Sabres fans. Um, Ugh. And so I'm so sorry after COVID that team was not the same and Taylor specifically after COVID was not the same. Um, now he is a playmaker. I don't know why everyone thinks like he's a scorer. He's always been a playmaker. That's why we had Mm -hmm. him playing with Kyle Palmieri in New Jersey the year he won the heart. Um, like I don't understand how like this is news to people. Um, but that's also maybe because I play like closer attention, but he's now playing on a line with Craig Smith, who is like sky high shooting percentage King career wise. And, but like, honestly, what I would be doing is try him with David Postonok. Try it. See if it works. I was speaking to somebody in Boston and I said, like, he flat out asked, goes, what are his strengths? What do I need to know? Give me the lowdown. Like, so I gave off ice on ice, everything I had about Taylor, I gave to Boston. Um, and I said, like, here's what I would try. Here's how I think you can be kickstarted, whatever the case may be. Right. So, uh, tonight, um, as we're recording this, he's, uh, on PP2 in the spot that, uh, he was really successful in, in New Jersey. Uh, one of the other recommendations I had was, um, he's really, really effective at the net front. Like kind of what he, he, Mm. what he does really well is he doesn't just stand in front of the net. He's really good at that. Um, going to the side of the net and like moving and creating passing lanes or doing that kind of turn and jam play at the net like he's really good at that kind of stuff so if Boston still struggles I know I think they've got like Nick Ritchie up there um Oof. and so uh if he struggles then I would think that that Taylor would get that opportunity um but think about it like you're going from playing with I don't I can't even tell you who like to, Riley Sheehan and one of the things that uh Don Sweeney rightly pointed out in his press conference was Taylor Hall is going from getting all the top pair, all the top checking um, attention to um, not being the matchup guy. And yes, I understand that like matchups kind of overlap, but he is not the guy that teams are matching against. And that is important. 
I like I yeah. I honestly this is one of those times where I, was, where I will say I don't give a shit what the numbers tell you. I have physically been in multiple coaching offices where they have said this is who we're matching. Like this is what we're doing and now that's clearly not going to be the case in Boston because they're going to match Bergeron uh Marshawn Pasternak. It the only way that Taylor Hall sees the hefty matchup is if he gets put on a line with Pasternak. Otherwise, he's seeing secondary matchups, and that matters. That's great. The fact that he's a secondary option on a team is a huge boost to that team, especially for especially for a team like Boston, who's fighting for their playoff lives right now. Like there, there's a chance that they don't even make the playoffs, right? Which I think would also be absolutely hilarious in this context. Is that Taylor Hall finally gets traded to a team that's on a playoff trajectory and they don't make it but oh my god i would actually just feel so bad i would feel so bad for him too like geez louise but look i feel who you know who i feel the worst for right now jack eichel he's all alone all over again that poor guy man he has seen he has seen things he 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 has seen some shit like i i can't even imagine the the horrors he's seen um next another big trade that we've mentioned before came right at the end this was a buzzer beater Washington acquires Anthony Mantha from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Jacob Vrana, Richard Ponick, Leafs legend, a 2021 first and a 2022 second. So somebody, That's a hefty trade, folks. So somebody told me that this trade was filed at 258. Yeah, you know what? I Like, we are talking skin of your teeth. I was in New Jersey and we acquired, I believe it was Patrick Maroon. And I looked at my watch as Steve Pellegrini was on the phone with the league. Mm-hmm. It was 259. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking under the wire. It, yeah, it was as much of a buzzer beater as you can get. This is like, this is a hefty. Pa- Anthony Mantha is a great player. He signed for like four more years after this at a decent clip. But holy moly, like a first, Vrana, who's a great player or very good player in his I own right. I would argue Ponic, that Vrana is better than Mantha. Potentially. Really? Yeah. Really? I think that that might be a thing. Like, they're definitely comparable. So Brian McClellan came out with um, oh, some here, really... In- well, he... Okay, let me... I. He, he he's essentially was like, we... There was a gap between, like, sort of the coach, the coaching staff and the player. Right, because Peter Laviolette said that Mantha is more suited for the role essentially without saying it peter laviolette said like we want a bigger body there which uh, okay yeah well vrana essentially was like you know that was a frustrated player he said he was a good young player won a cup he's part of it he's a nice person highly skilled great speed i think part of it was jacobs a little frustrated where he's at in, our, in the organization probably wants some more ice time wants more responsibility there's a tug of war between coaching staff and staffs that have had him and the way he was playing i think we had a frustrated player and we tried to move on from that Okay, so Jacob Verena is actually one of the most efficient scorers in the NHL. Like, for the minutes he gets, the numbers he puts up are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, in terms of projected war, he's actually higher than Anthony Mantha. Now you can take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is they are co- of comparable value. And the only reason that I think maybe Verena's value was depreciated from a Washington perspective is... This whole he's not very big and doesn't fit the role that they necessarily want him to, and he's not like signed under controllable term, right? Mm-hmm. Having said that, Yas just gave up a player of comparable talent who is younger and a first 
And a second. And a second. And Richard Ponick and was Richard only... Ponick. No, Ponick was only in the deal to make the money work. But, like... I know. You literally... Prashanth Iyer, who is, like... He yeah. made the Red Wings trade machine. Like, mm-hmm. guaranteed, the man almost passed out when he saw this. Like, he posted a picture of him pouring himself a scotch because he was like, I actually can't believe what just happened. Yeah, it's insane. This is... Look, Anthony Mantha's... I think like, the uh, contract think... value added was something like... 4.5 for Washington and like 11.7. Like it's lopsided, folks. <laughs> as much as it's definitely a win for Detroit, like they they won this trade, I would say. I think this fits both teams far like I think this this is a fit for both teams in the sense that Detroit is not going to be good for a little bit. They still have a lot of rebuilding to do and they just got a first a 2020 22 sec sorry, 2022 second. And a, a fantastic young player who, you know, is about to go to arbitration and, and, you know, is still under team control in that sense. He's an RFA. And then Washington. Yeah, and Verona is like 18 months younger than Mantha. Yeah, but then Washington as but well. But you brought up a really good point, and, and I wanted to talk about this. You brought sure. up a great point in that um, timelines. So Steve Eiserman has the foresight to recognize that by the time Detroit mm-hmm. is ready to be competitive and contend, Mantha will likely be past, like he'll be 29 or 30. So Iserman was like, for, had the foresight to, to, to say, okay, Mantha's career timeline does not match with the franchise timeline. And therefore I need to maximize the value I can get and acquire assets that do jive with this franchise's timeline. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what he did. And that happens way too rarely in the nhl like, there are not enough gms that think like that which is why i say like steve eiserman i wrote this for ep ringside like steve eiserman demonstrates time and again that he has a grip on asset management and talent evaluation when it comes to the nhl and he has it at a level like we always talk about like oh you got to be a former player to be a a gm but sakic and eiserman are two examples of guys that are actually good at it because they have the foresight to know, okay, my team is or my team isn't ready. This guy fits. This guy doesn't fit. And they move on and they're cold. But I, I, Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that it works somewhat well on Washington's side as well from a timeline perspective. They definitely gave up way too much. But... They got the player. It works. Yeah, you're they right. They got the player that they think they need. Like you have Ovechkin, who's going to be a free agent this year, and yes, they're almost certain going to certainly going to resign him, but he's going to cost a lot. And when you talk about like like Brian Brian McClellan used the term cost certainty um, by getting Anthony Mantha, who's due to make five point seven million for the next four years. There's a great chance that Verona could exceed that, depending on you know the the opportunity he's given. But at least you know. That for the next four years in your window, or however long you you resign um, Alexander Ovechkin, you have a guy who's going to make five point seven million, who can give you X amount of you know production. Who I also think is going to improve when it comes to production. Now, obviously, considering he's going from Detroit well, playing with Nick Backstrom, exactly. Considering he's going from De- like I would improve playing with Nick Backstrom. Dude, your puppies would improve playing with Nick. Like it's it's absurd. So puppy. Exactly. So I think it like as much as Washington definitely gave up way too much. And if Vrana becomes an absolute superstar on on Detroit, this might look like another Forsberg for Erat kind of situation, even though oh dear. like at the same time, I think this fits both teams timelines really well. And hey, man, I'm just a sucker for these. I'm just a sucker for these uh, uh, these blockbusters. You know, I love it. 
What? We have a Jim Benning quote. Oh, God. Do we ever? Of course we do. Of course we do. We have a Jim Benning quote, and we are lucky that I did not have liquid in my mouth. What did he say? When I read this, because it would have been spit all over the electronics. Did this just happen? Like, did it just come in? Yes. Oh, my God. Breaking news, everyone. Jim Benning has some thoughts. Jim Benning on Jordy Ben. Oh, oh, this got to be good. This is going to be great. I cannot wait. We're giving him a chance to go play on a good team. Wasn't Vancouver supposed to be better than Winnipeg this year? According to Bim Jenning, this man has literally been... He... Elliot Friedman says he's coming back. This guy. This guy. I I don't even know. (laughs) Mike has taken off his hat, unplugged his headphones, and is now gone. I... Kate, well, this has now become the Rachel Dory podcast. Um... Yeah, I what? just like <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like, if you if you couldn't see that, I just had to take a lap of uh, of my place because I narrated. Oh, thank you. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Jim. Like, <laughs> holy shit, man! I this guy flip flops on what on what he thinks his team is like by the hour. There have been a million quotes where he's like, "Yeah, he lives day by day." That's what he says. Oh my god, dude! Like this is all right. I don't even have enough brain power to, to, to break that down. Let's get into Leafs trades. Leafs. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, Detroit, yeah. great job. Yeah, Detroit, incredible. And you know what? Vancouver, no, not good job. No, Vancouver, <laughs> absolutely terrible job. I think that kind of goes without saying at this point. Like, until they get a new GM, we can just kind of agree we that... We haven't even discussed the Adam Goddard situation. I'm not going... You know what? But no. Um, that's, don't blame a dude for getting COVID. Yeah. That's stupid. Just absurd. And... All right. And so the Leafs, the center of the hockey universe, they made some some they made a lot of trades. They acquired six players in the trade deadline. I yes. am looking forward to the uh, Steve Simmons article. Oh, Jesus Christ. That says, did the Leafs get too much grit and not enough skill and, and too much leadership? Too I'm looking much. forward to it because then I'm going to screenshot it and put it next to the one that he wrote that said, the Leafs do not have enough toughness and grit and leadership. Man. Well, they can't wait. You know what's happening. They definitely got leadership. I and you know what? I think. OK, so let's just go. Let's go through the, the main trade of like because, yeah, they got friggin Salmonella for uh, Barabanov and <laughs> I know. I was going to make a joke like that on Twitter, but I couldn't find the right wording. So I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. But yeah, they got, and then uh, also they acquired Ben Hutton for, uh, for 2021 uh, or 2022. A very good penalty killer. Yeah. If we, if you're getting 2019, 2020 Ben Hutton, hell yeah. If you're getting this year, Ben Hutton, a little worried about that, but okay. Also dude can. A little worried, but he's still a very good penalty killer. That's probably the only thing he's very good at, but nevertheless, good penalty. Dude friggin' rocks a lip sync battle too. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay, yeah, I I sent that video to my dad, and he's like, so take it you want the jersey. Yeah, I mean, go for it, man. I actually, full disclosure, ordered a like shirt mm-hmm. for Post Panini that says, come on, Barbie, let's go party, and it has the Barbie logo on Incredible. it. Incredible. And I will be wearing that 
to the bar. Incredible. Just like how today uh, White Claw announced that they are releasing, I think it's called like White Claw Surge, which is essentially 8% alcohol instead of 5% alcohol. So I'm going to become a feral animal this summer. So this is going to be fantastic. Um, feral <laughs> animal. It's going to be okay, fantastic. So I'm putting out a RFP for a co-host yes. because I cannot have a feral animal on my podcast. Yeah, you're going to need to like once that drink drops, you're going to need to put on like a LinkedIn job application, you know, for it's going to be great. Anyway, the Leafs acquired Nick Felino and Stefan Neeson in exchange for a 2021 first a 2021 fourth and a 2022 fourth. The Sharks essentially money laundered some of that. So so what the Leafs are doing is they are acquiring 25% of Nick Felino's cap hit, which is I believe 1.37475 million, I believe. It's 1.475, which is insane. The price extremely steep, I would say. Um I mean, look, a first round pick in two fourths for Nick Felino. San Jose got a fourth like uh Detroit did for laundering money. Well, like the Leafs did for the Robin Leonard uh situation last year exactly that's yeah they, they money laundered money a pick laundering. but like whatever man it's fine <laughs> kind of like they're with riley nash they literally just acquired ltir space but then riley nash is actually one of the best defensive forwards in the league and yeah like so, riley nash is good <laughs> yeah like if he comes back for the playoffs that takes away like matthews and Tavares don't have to match up against like top team lines because like riley nash is legitimately one of the best defensive forwards in the league yeah i mean he's I'm really like if you put Nash Felino and like Ilya Mikheyev or Zach Hyman. Oh my God, Zach Hyman on a line with Riley Nash. They're not getting scored on. Like they just aren't. I can't wait, man. That's going to be extremely exciting to to look at. It's also like he like Riley Nash has come back from the playoffs. They made some sneaky good moves. Like like that Riley Nash conditional seventh. You cannot pay less for a player than a conditional seventh. They got him there. Uh, uh, but anyway, let's talk. Let's break down Felino first, though, because this is the big sort of the big ticket guy here. I this is what this really comes down to is a debate between price and fit. Because sure, could could the Leafs have probably like the Leafs straight up paid more for Nick Felino than the Bruins paid for Taylor Hall? So Dom Lustrichen had a great article piece about, about this, this yeah. in the Athletic, and um, he actually texted me for like quotes and background and and whatever on it because he's like what like well he basically said if anybody knows taylor hall like it's you that i know it's it's you yeah and so like give me the background and i kind of told him the story and i'll tell it on the podcast Do it. i've been um i've been pretty like closed off about like certain things just to kind of like protect my own career but i will tell this story because i'm i'm i didn't like nothing happened um the night New Jersey was eliminated. Mm-hmm. So Taylor Hall has this reputation for being like a really shitty person, <laughs> like a cancer, basically. Right. Like I, I keep seeing that terrible right? boater, too. I'm going to tell you this story and you tell me if this sounds like shitty person to you. OK, so the night we were eliminated from the playoffs, we were um, Paige and I, we like we w- we decided we were going out in Hoboken because I lived in Hoboken and it was the first time I was able to go out and drink in months. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen my family in four months or three months at the time. Uh, my mother was at, like almost basically on her deathbed 
she came back because we love her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she only through only because we love her. She she defied the no, odds of yeah, the power like, of love. No, that woman's a fighter. I'll tell you that much. Um, but essentially, we Paige and I were like, you know what? Like, fuck this. We're going out. We're getting hammered. Right. So we go out in Hoboken mm-hmm. and we're at uh, this bar. And uh, the devils fly home on the charter and they decide, yo, fuck, we're going out too. Right. Like, why not? And so we get up at the same bar. But I like that's that's not my vibe. Like, I don't ever want to be accused of like yeah. that kind of thing. So we went to the bar next door. Like, we stayed for a bit, said hi to everyone. But then like we went to the bar next door. Right. Just made you made, the night, made sure to distance down. yourself, you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. End of the night. We're standing outside waiting for an Uber. Like, I'm not about to send Paige home like an hour to our place, to like her place. So I said, you're coming back to my place. Like, I got room. Like, let's relax, right? We're standing outside and like we're having issues getting Uber, cab, like whatever. The boys are leaving the bar and a bunch of them have already gone. But there's like Taylor, Nico, Keith Kincaid, like Mm. some of the uh, Eddie Lack was there, whatever, right? They see us, they like wave, whatever. Keith comes by, says hi, goes on his merry way. Taylor comes over, sees us kind of like standing outside, like, what the hell are we supposed to do? Like, we're drunk. And he goes, hey, like, do you guys need a cab? Like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, we're like trying to find an Uber, but like, like literally no one's like taking us. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do kind of thing. And he's like, I got it. I got you. And we're like, what? Pulls out his phone, calls, I don't know who someone his car guy we had a cab in two minutes and he literally leaned in the window and was like you take these two to wherever and then he pointed at me she says damn but taylor hall came over made sure we were getting home safely and then took care of his own shit and we're talking about hoboken where like sexual assault is literally rampant yeah does that sound like a shitty person to you no it sounds like a pretty good guy right that sounds like someone who has this terrible reputation and nobody wants to be around? What it sounds like to me is a guy who can't pass his boater's exam. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> okay. But yeah, all I'm saying is, is like, everyone is immature when they're young. Yes. Like, oh my there God. are stories coming out about some of the NHL's youngest players right now. Uh, one in New Jersey, to be specific. Um, you mature with age. What he did in Edmonton does not mean he's that same person now. I am not the same person I was before New Jersey. I, and that was only three years ago. Yeah. So everyone can change, but I, I can only speak from the experience I have personally had with Taylor Hall and I have literally nothing but fantastic things to say about him. And he had no reason, no reason at all to do that that night. He was hammered out of his mind, but he did. And like, he he had no reason to be that nice, and he was. So to me, that speaks volumes because you're a different person when you're inebriated. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when your true colors come out. Yeah, very true. Right? Like, you can put on an act when you're sober, right? I, I, I put up a brave face in New Jersey for months. Mm-hmm. But when you're hammered, your true colors come out. And he was hammered out of his tree that night. And he still made sure that two women who... Let's face it, we were vulnerable. Like, we're both, like, five foot five, right? Yeah, I could totally and, like, kick your I weigh ass, 130 Rachel. pounds, maybe. Yeah. Like, he made sure that we were taken care of before, like, he decided to go on his merry way. And, and that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would say, yeah, like, when we're talking about, oh, the Leafs are acquiring good guys in the room, and then you turn around and you say, oh, Taylor Hall's this bad guy. Not true. I don't, yeah. Not true. I don't think that it's... That's essentially 
like I don't think they looked at Taylor Hall and were like, ah, oh, like this guy's a dick or whatever. But I think like everything that we've heard from Nick Felino. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Woo Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Now, since the trade, and, and also like like you have, you've put in the prep, you're like Zach Dalpies, um, like, like sort of quotes about Nick Foligno's leadership and all that, but like he well, like yeah zach dalpe scored a goal yeah and then folino texted him and said like hey we see what you do like we're so happy for you enjoy the goal enjoy the night like that's he's just a good that's dude a that's good, what he's seen that's a pretty good captain he also like he has an appreciation and jack Hahn wrote about this too like he has an appreciation for the toronto maple leafs like he has an appreciation for what that organization stands for obviously his dad played there and he grew up sort of like cheering for them and everything but i mean like you can't really put a price on the amount of players that you have in your organization who are willing to die for the crest. And I think the Leafs have an abundance of those guys right now. I think they've, they've done a very good job of weeding out the players who haven't. I think one of those is in Pittsburgh right now. I think, you know, a couple other are, are in, in different spots, but like Nick, it's interesting that you say that. Cause like, so Nick Felino has the connection with his dad. Yeah. We, we talk about Zach Hyman, like Zach Hyman would probably take a sword to the chest for the Leafs. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? He's probably doing it right now. We're recording during the Leafs game. And like Mitch Marner literally throws his body in front of shots. And like I rip on Mitch Marner because he didn't necessarily perform in the playoffs. But I, I never have any doubt that this kid loves this team. And that he's trying his hardest for the team. Like you can like Yeah, he doesn't cheat you. A guy like Mitch Marner shouldn't be blocking shots. But that guy and and you know what? for like when it comes to actually like being smart, he probably shouldn't block shots. But the kid doesn't and, give and a shit. And try and be a road hockey goalie while he's at exactly. it. Exactly. But like, the kid doesn't give a shit about your logic. He, in his mind, 
the Toronto Maple Leafs are about to get scored on. So uh, the sacrifice of my own body is worthwhile to potentially prevent that. And I think Nick Foligno brings that too. another point here is that, listen, they just acquired the captain of the team that bounced them at home in the playoffs last year. That's important. That's meaningful. Clearly that went, that got under Kyle Dubas's skin and he's brought in a guy. He brought in a, a focal kind of like leader on that team who also has a, has the sort of game that really sort of becomes more important in the playoffs. I know Nick Felino's never really been out of the second round, so we can't necessarily call him a guy, you know, a proven playoff guy, but he seems like someone who, who understands what you can get away with in the playoffs. He understands where the limits are and the Leafs haven't necessarily had a ton of those guys and it has really bit them. They've been punked and I don't think Nick Felino's going to let your team get punked. And I think when he pulls on that Maple Leaf sweater, he's going to fucking run through a wall for this team and a 2021 first in a draft that doesn't like, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's the drafts a crapshoot. This is the crappiest of crapshoots we've seen in a very long time. A dude. And it's probably going to end up being like the 28th pick. Exactly. Or like, you know, and hopefully the 31st is drafted last year in the first round. Oh like God. I'm not exactly worried when they had to wake that kid up in the middle of the night. Cause he thought he was going in the seventh round the next week, the next day. Like, they're like, all right, well, Chinnikov, get at up. Your place yeah. And you looked at me and you were like, who is that? And I'm like, I, I have never heard of this person. Like we were, I thought it was fake. Yeah. I literally thought it was fake. We were watching. I remember we were watching like in my kitchen slash I live in a studio. So kitchen slash like living room or whatever. But we were, we were watching it eating pizza. I remember like hearing that name and just kind of like both of us looking at each other. And I'm just like, Hey, I don't know. I've never heard of that guy before. And Normally, if I were to say something like that, Rachel would come back with, yeah, you know, he's a little obscure, but like, whatever. She was like, I don't, I have no fucking idea who that guy is. And that's when you know that you're scared. Like, that's when like that, if you're going down, like, or if you're, if you're cooking something and you're like, I don't know how to make this. And you have Gordon Ramsay next to him. He's like, yeah, it fucking beats me. Then you're like, holy shit, we're screwed. Like, I don't know. That's, that's what it's like. Well, think about it. Sportsnet went to Mike Fuda. Yeah. Who we're going to have on this podcast at some For point. For sure. Um, who is he was like he used to be the assistant GM of the Kings and is lauded for being the guy, him and Mark Yannetti, basically responsible for stalking that draft cover. Yeah. Like he is really good at what he does. And they went to him and he's like, I don't know. Sam Cosentino had if no idea. Mike Fuda doesn't know, that's a problem. Yeah, the guys who's like only like the prospect nerds, the guys whose only job is like to comb through these, you know, back tier Russian leagues to find these guys. They had no idea who he was. And yet they picked him seven was seventeenth overall or something. It was crazy. Um uh yeah, they picked no because they picked him the pick right after the Devils took Shakir Mukumadu, oh, yeah. which was equally as stupid. Absurd. But yeah, I, I I you know what? The more I've come the more I've I've let this marinate, the more I've come to like it. The more, uh, uh, oh, I love the acquisition of Nick Foligno. I yeah, like I think he's Nick a perfect Foligno fit. and Riley Nash. Like, I don't think I don't have any qualms. I do. I think the price is a little high. Yeah, I do, especially given like the market. But the reality of the situation is, this is shit or get off the pot time for Toronto. Like anything less than the conference finals is totally unacceptable. And I truly believe that Nick Foligno is a guy that helps you get there. All I need now is for him to score and do the Foligno jump. That has to happen. I think he's like, I think there's a good chance he does that. I think that happens. Like that would you be awesome. Do you know awesome. what he does in, uh, in Sudbury? No, what? Do you know about this? No. So in Sudbury, there's like this Neo kids, which is like, so Sudbury has a, the main hospital up 
in Northern Ontario. It's called Health Sciences North. Um, and they take in like all of the uh, the neonatal yeah. sort of cases in Northern Ontario. It's like prematurely born babies, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And every year, Nick Foligno gets a bunch of his teammates. Like he's had Seth Jones and uh, Zach Wierenski and like some pretty big names every year he gets them together and they uh go up and they play a charity game for the neo kids foundation in sudbury and they invite all these kids like and their families and and they raise a whole bunch of money and like a hundred percent of the proceeds like nobody involved with the game takes a dime a hundred percent of the proceeds go right to that hospital and right to that foundation like that's that's a good person that's a really good person yeah you know what i was just about to say that he just seems and this is the highest compliment i can pay another man he just seems like a good dude you know like he just seems like someone who you would just you would just love to have in your corner like love to work with every day he you know he he appreciates it also shout out to doug ford for making our our you know uh, uh province such a clusterfuck of covid that he's choosing to leave his family behind in Ohio in the states because he said he he said we were an example though an example of what not to do but that's not we just need to walk a mile in his shoes um I I think it's fantastic clown shoes clown shoes precise I think it I think it fits perfectly Stefan what do you know about Stefan Neeson Nason so he was actually in New Jersey when I was there really okay so tell me tell me your Stefan Neeson stories let's go we were press box buddies as in we literally (laughs) sat in the same suite together for like games on it all right not a good sign but all right let's (laughs) keep telling me um he's he's AHL depth like that's what that is like he's he's one of those um like the the black aces for uh for uh, the playoffs yeah. like where you bring up a bunch of players and they just sit in the press box and then they practice like whatever the case may be that's what he is all right he's not playing over mckayev or robertson please no um that's kind of a player where like if he's in the lineup like you have some injuries well that was basically like what we saw with put it this way he was playing for the devils um like sparingly the year we barely made the playoffs yeah and keep in mind, like, th- that's essentially what almost happened tonight with Martin Marincin, where he was taking more and everyone was like, holy shit, he's really playing. He was what? Yeah, Martin Marincin was taking more. Scott Sabrin's in the lineup tonight. Do you not know this? That's, n- do not fuck with me. I'm not. I'm, I, hand to God. Don't fuck with hand, me. Hand to I'm God. Checking. Check, it right, check it right now. Like, I don't, hand to God. I, I, I actually just straight up don't Apparently he you. got into a fight. Like, he got into a Kumite? Apparently he got into a Kumite. Oh, Morgan Riley has 300 points. We love that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Oh. He's in there. Okay, Um. question. Spets is sitting tonight. Yeah? Yes, he is. Uh, but Thornton's still I playing. I presume that's rest, which if it, it is, is rest. I'm in favor it of It is that. rest. Why, pray tell, mm-hmm. is Nick Robertson playing with Scott Sabrin? What do they think is going to happen there? Why don't you do... Um, Robertson, Kerfoot, Mikheyev, and Angval, Simmons, Sabrin. I don't know. All I know is big save Dave's in that right now. So, Or Robertson, Tavares, Hyman. Ooh, that's I a fun know. line. How about just no Sabrin at all? I don't know, man. What purpose is he serving there? He's literally a warm body. To fight. I think, didn't he fight? I, I'm assuming he fought Lucic because this is Lucic's 1,000th game. He scored in the first, like he scored the first goal of the game, which is you know just perfect. No, Valimaki, it's credited to Valimaki. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know what really that solves, 
stage a stage fight in front of no crowd but like all right go off kings whatever a stage fight in front of zero people yes sabarin fought lucic because lucic boarded matthews is matthews okay or because lucic slew footed tj brody are in which case are those players okay acceptable uh yes all right good Ian Tullock just texted me in our latest episode of Blown D Zone coverage. Oh yeah, Ian Ian's going off in, in the uh, Daniel Navy, Navy group chat right now. He's he's not happy. So it's uh, yeah, we we don't have to have an extended leaf stock on that. Tell me what you know about Ben Hutton before we move on from from. Tell me what you know about Salmonella and Ben Hutton. Um, I don't know much about Suomala other than he's in the same boat as Nason. That's not how you pronounce his name. Um, Ben Hutton. Extremely good penalty killer. It would be serviceable, like if Travis Dermott went down, uh, he could come in and play with Zach Bogosian. Um, he could play like in a bottom pairing role, like he could play either side, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But realistically, for all of the penalty kill defenseman issues the Leafs have had, yeah. um, he's yeah, like that's kind of what he is. Man, I wanted Ryan Murray. You talked me. You you hardcore talked me into Ryan Murray. I wanted Ryan Murray too. Um, I'm not really sure what the fuck the Devils were doing. There yeah. is literally no reason to keep him. Yeah. What like what? Why? I I I kept thinking of in the playoffs a Ryan Murray Zach Bogosian pairing, and it made me feel safe. And now it's like Dermot just doesn't do it for me anymore. It's a shame. All right. Speaking of contenders, Tampa Bay acquires David Savard and 25% of his cap hit. A lot of money laundering going on in, in these uh, in these pandemic times in exchange for, and this is a hefty package too, a 2021 first and a 2022 third. I mean, how the hell is Tampa able to add in their current state? They already have Kucherov on the IR, like just waiting to get back into the playoffs and they have the gall to go out and get, you know, a top four right shot defenseman. God damn. Because they're Tampa. Julian Brisebois, 5D chess as well. I mean, good for, like, you got to give. Uh, I mean, let's. He learned he from. He doesn't get that deal without Iserman's help. No, I know. That's, I. you're right. But man, like, <laughs> let's let's give credit where credit's due Let's not pretend here. it was totally, like, Kyle Dubas doesn't get, Doug Wilson did two money laundering trades. Yeah. Kyle Dubas doesn't get those players without the money laundering. Now, I'm sure Brandon Pridham was. Oh my God. Probably the. Uh, dude behind that but uh, both Detroit and San Jose deserve some credit there um, for for the money laundering yeah it's it's hilarious like it Brandon Pridham should get a statue deeper and at the trade deadline they get to acquire Nikita Kucherov yep who incidentally will be skating for 10 weeks by the time the playoffs come it's just all about that rehab you know uh, thank yeah yeah it's this this is this is inc- a fantastic ad for Tampa. This is exactly what they needed, and they are a you know dare I say juggernaut like going into the playoffs. Like they really yeah they're the defending champs, and um, this is incredible. They could legitimately repeat. You know what? It'll uh, it'll be interesting um, because I believe Tampa has to play the winner of like if Tampa makes it out yeah. of their division, which let's assume they do, mm-hmm. they have to play the winner of the West. I believe, or maybe it's a reseeding, but if they have to play Colorado, that is a hell of a conference oh, final. Oh, I cannot wait for that. I w- like inject that into my heart. I valves. I want oh, I want to watch that on a loop. I want you to put that whole series on my tombstone. Like that would be just in one long gif. It'd be amazing. Um, 
is fantastic. Let's get to another trade here. The Panthers acquire Sam Bennett. Finally, we get an end to the Sam Bennett saga. For the love of God, finally, they this team that clearly didn't want this player and this player that clearly didn't want to play for this team, they have finally parted ways. Sam Bennett goes to Flor- the Florida Panthers along with the 2016 uh, sixth round pick or a 2021 sixth round pick. Sorry, in exchange for a 2022 second round pick and Mia- and Emil Heinemann who was picked in the second round of 2018. Right. So as Pierre uh, LeBron like, uh, summed up on Twitter, it's essentially for two seconds. Um, what do you think of this right. trade? It's interesting. I actually, you know what? Sam Bennett got more <laughs> than, than Taylor Hall, by the way. Sam Bennett got traded for more than Taylor Hall. Right, and, and this is where I don't understand. So Incredible. The value cratered for Bennett. Like He was literally a healthy scratch. It was known he wanted to be moved. Like His value was just as cratered. Yeah. Right? And Bradtree Living got this. So kudos to him. Like, this is well done Fantastic. for Calgary. Um, I actually really like Emil Heinemann. Um, I'm pretty high on him. So I think this is a great return. Like, I think Heinemann's pretty, probably like a middle six forward for Calgary in the future. Fantastic. Which, I mean, that's better than what Bennett is going to be. It's found money. And you're getting a second round pick. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's what I got to say about that. And it's a 2022 but, uh, second, too. It's not in the shit draft that's coming up. It's in the good right. draft. In 2022. So that's that's fantastic. Also, like, look, Bradshaw Living, I think, has done a good job in, in these playoffs. Like, you get, getting a third for, for Riddick is is very good. And I think getting essentially two seconds, but, like, a prospect who's also being further along that, so you're not, not starting from scratch with his development. I mean, I, I like that, too. It's great. Now, before we get into some rapid-fire uh, uh, trades here just to end off the show, I want to talk about not a trade, more, a la- more, more so a lack thereof, and Ken Holland's comments. So the, the Edmonton Oilers, you're in a position with the way these divisions are laid out where I think you've probably the best chance to, to make it out of your, like to make it as far as you can. Cause you're only playing like within the Canadian division. And as we've seen, like that can essentially be like, obviously the Leafs are, are you know, far and away the best team, but that can be somewhat of a crapshoot. You have two absolute world breakers who all you need is for them to go friggin' Super Saiyan in the middle of a seven-game series to take you to the conference finals, and you don't do anything. You add Dmitry Kulikov, and that's it. So Yeah, like he'll be their uh, second-pairing defenseman for them. Which is absurd. But so you look at that. So Ken Holland, one kind of asked about this uh, at the post-deadline yep. media availability, goes, I don't think you can be all in every year. You have to pick and choose. And to that I say, this would be the year. LMAO. Be the year, I think every year you have Connor McDavid on your team is a go for it year. It's an all in year. Uh, yes. And I think that is only heightened when you also have another MVP caliber player in Leon Dreisidel alongside him. The fact that Ken Holland is choosing not to go in and and once again, like this is now tangible evidence that he is burning a year of Connor McDavid's prime. Like, he admitted that. He said, you can't go in all every year. Going all in hints that you believe you have the best chance to win. And so when he says, ah, you know, we can't go in all of that essentially says we don't think we have, a, like, a good enough chance to, to win to really warrant the prices that were out there, which, pretty flimsy. Like, you said he would have waived. You said Hall would have waived to go to Edmonton. Yep. Like, just boggles my mind. Boggles my mind. But I... I, I like I have in the prep here, I don't even have enough time to explain how stupid this is. Like, how are the how do the Oilers keep trick tripping over their own dicks every year? This is insane. 
add around Connor. For the love of God, give Connor McDavid good players to play with. For the love of the Lord, our Savior in heaven. Yeah, like, okay, so if Dylan Holloway was healthy and that's who you were adding at the deadline, then I would say, okay, that like that's fine because Dylan Holloway's legitimate, like, top like top six player. And I think he'd be a, a sick winger for McDavid or Dreisaitl, whatever. But the is case he healthy, be. Rachel? But uh, he has a broken thumb. And you can't really play on a broken thumb now, can you? It's kind of hard to do that. Um, now, could he be back for the playoffs? Yes, he very well could. But do you want Dylan Holloway playing his first NHL games in the playoffs against Winnipeg? Probably not. In the top six. Right. Now, admittedly, he's a better option than most of what Edmonton has. But that is... Mm, you might want to ease not the gut. the approach I would have taken. Um, might want to ease I'm the kid into it. I'm also not super sure about their goaltending because we saw what happened last year in the playoffs and uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. It was f- bad. Mike Smith is their best goaltender right now. He's their team MVP, according to, to Edmonton Media. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, 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 mm-hmm. So you're in a position okay, like that. Okay, Jack, thanks. Why, like, why not go... Like a, a third, The Leafs got David Riddick for a third round pick. Why not try and pay that exact same price uh i don't have an answer for you because i would have done that why not go and try and pry uh, uh one of corpus salo or Mers- out of columbus they're selling everybody and they're on record saying yeah but they, that i've heard the price was very high because colorado tried to acquire one of them and the price was like we would like connor timmons and joe sakic was like ah oh, click what <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Get all the way the fuck yeah. out of here on that Drugs. one. Yeah, that's insane. But I mean, like, but probably like, uh, but Yarmo was getting the prices, right? Like Columbus was getting the prices they were asking for. So like, if I'm Yarmo, I'm like, I want Dylan all the way. And if I'm Ken Holland, I'm like, yeah, probably not. Click. Yeah, get fucked. And then uh, hang up the phone. But also they. But yeah, not doing anything Devin like, Dubnik. fuck, like even acquire, I don't know, like try and go after Chris Drieger or I don't like anybody. Or Taylor Hall. Like, or. Or Nick Foligno, or like, like, just go and get someone who can help your team, and they didn't at all. Like, they got they got Dmitry Kulikov. That's it, and he'll help, but they needed more than that. He'll help, but that's not a, like literally. You like, can't sit around and look at what like Mike Toronto Riley. did. Yeah, like you just can't. Same with Winnipeg. Like what? What? Yeah, Winnipeg. Really, I we have a we have a Jets fan in in uh, the Dangle Navy group chat. And he was not not happy. Uh, sorry, Brad, but he's he was all he was very heavily on the Ryan Murray. Brad. Yeah, he was he was very heavily on the uh, Ryan Murray train as well. He wanted he wanted the Ryan Murray as well. I, I'm I don't know why that player didn't get moved, but it just with we see the prices that go out there, and it's tough. It, it's hard for us to to quantify teams not making action in in or not taking action in in kind of comparison to that. Like you look at the Hall trade, and you're like, why the hell did the Leafs pay a first and two fourths? for Nick Foligno when they could have just paid a second and like Pierre Engvall for uh, uh, Taylor Hall. But it's, I don't think it's that easy. I also think in that case, Felino's a, a fantastic fit for the Leafs. I think they got exactly what they needed. The Oilers, like you could have gone out, like you said, and gotten anyone. And when you take, when you look at it on its face, when you put context into it, when you apply it to the prices of other deals out there, any way you shake it, this was an app, this was a disappointment. And for for then Kevin yep. Ken Holland to come out and say, ah, well, you can't you can't do it every you can't try and win every year. That's a defeatist status. Yes, you can. When you have the 
two of the you, when you have the best player on the planet and also another one of one of the best players on the planet. You have two of the five best players on the planet right now. You have two of the five best players on the planet entrenched into your organization for the maximum amount of years that they can be. And you are essentially folding your cards and saying, ah, well, we'll see how it goes. And that's just not acceptable. Nope. And if I was Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisel, but mostly Connor McDavid, I'd be like, hey, what the, what the hell is this? Toronto just, like, him and Austin Matthews are friends. And yes, McDavid, they are. They are. And McDavid has watched his friend get reinforcements out the wazoo. Every time that team needs something, Kyle Dubas goes out and gets it for them. They need a top four defenseman. He goes out and gets Jake Muzzin. They need a goaltender. He goes out and gets Jack Campbell. They need some third line. They need some third to second line help. They go and get freaking Nick Foligno. They need some first line help. They go and get John Tavares. You know, like and, and <laughs> they need some. They need some veteran leadership. Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, Wayne, Wayne Simmons. Simmons. Stop. And and you're just sitting there. And Connor David's sitting there, and he's like, "Well, we got Tyson Berry, and we're about to give him like six million a year for the next six years, and we got." Uh, Kyle Turris who's on waivers and Tyler Ennis who's on also on waivers and we had to pry Jesse Pugliarvi back over from Finland because we almost ruined his hockey career and uh, it's that you know it, it how how like want to know who else Taylor uh, Connor McDavid is friends with Taylor Hall yeah I mean that would have we we got like what 40 games of Hall McDavid maybe not even that a crime and you know okay. we were denied it again. All right, let's do some rapid fire trades to end off the show before before we will let you go rest. All right, rapid fire. This is just quick. I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the trade. You give me your quick thoughts on it, then we'll move on. All right, Panthers acquire Brandon Montour in exchange for a 2021 third. Montour is freed of the hellscape that was the Sabers. Give me your thoughts on Montour and the fit and the trade. Everything hit me. Interesting that um, he went for that and David Savard went for much more than that. Um, obviously, I think Savard is better. Um, anything, any, anything that comes out of Buffalo right now, um, I think you got to take as, as damaged goods, and that includes Taylor. Um, yeah, I mean, Buffalo needed uh, B- Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo needed to get rid of Montour, and Florida needed to augment without Ekblad, and so I think the fit is fine. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to wait and see on that one. That one, I was kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah, it's a b- decent name. Reminder as well that during the William Nylander negotiation saga, um, it was Brandon Montour and I believe Nick Ritchie in a package for, um, in a in a package for William Nylander as a potential as a trade hypothetical that was brought on a Sportsnet national broadcast. Um, so kids, follow your dreams. You can make it anywhere. Uh, all right. Predators acquire <laughs> Erica Branson for a 2021 seventh. No, for four. And Brandon Fortunato. Who is, I mean, I get, he's Fortunato to be playing in, uh, in, in Edmonton now. And I guess good Branson, <laughs> good Branson is Fortunato <laughs> to be leaving Edmonton because I mean, he's one of the, like when it comes to analytics, he's one of the actively worst defensemen. This is now, I believe, like the fifth team that's actively acquired Eric Goodbranson, and I couldn't tell you why, especially given the fact that I know John Hines pretty well, and like this is not his type of defenseman. Yeah, what what's going on? Like, why did David Poyle do this? They were supposed to sell, and now they're buying Eric Goodbranson. Yeah. Like, what? You're if you're Nashville, and like I, you will almost you will rarely hear me say poor things about Nashville right now. Um, 
if if you're Nashville, like you are basically playing for the right to get stomped by either Carolina or Tampa. Yeah. At this point, like just just sell. Yeah. Like, just sell. Could have sold Mikhail Granlin. Could have sold Ekholm. Get, like save yourself the headache in the summer. Like could have recouped assets. Like this is what and and your version. Like they didn't buy because if this is buying, then we need to have a talk. Yeah. This is because <laughs> I, like what <laughs> what are you do- why this is like if i went outside and like poured a bunch of like tomato sauce over my white jeans and was like all right i added to my outfit let's do this like it was like that's essentially what they were thinking of doing someone equated this to, uh to me to me and, and we both know john pretty well yeah um they said john asked for a goslings and coke <laughs> yeah and got bacardi and pepsi Oh, oh, that combination. Oh, jeez, that would have been terrible. Right. For First anyone, of all, white rum and dark mix. No. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, like this is not a John Hines type of defenseman. I like they are the Nashville didn't buy or sell, so they kind of just like stood there in limbo, which is like David Poyle's MO at this point. Um, like I don't know. I think like Nashville Nashville's in a perfect spot where like they could have traded Ekholm and um, Grandland and done one of those extremely quick turnaround rebuilds and like been contending in two years kind of thing. Yeah, they could have. Right. But now they've kind of boxed themselves in. And so like, I don't, this was definitely, when we talk about Steve Eiserman having foresight, David Poyle is the opposite of that. Yeah. And yet he somehow managed. And as Greg Wyshynski pointed out, he is like probably one of the original 200 hockey men. Oh yeah. He was there when. Him and, him and. Yeah, him and Ray Shiro are the co-presidents of the 200 Hockey Men. He was there when hockey was created, and he'll be there when hockey dies. Um, all right. The Ducks acquired Hayden Fleury for Yanni Hockenpah. Very fun name to say. And a 2021 sixth. Hayden Fleury was, I believe, a, for, a former fifth overall pick. Yeah. He just, there's a log jam in Carolina. Yeah. This was more of an expansion draft uh, mm-hmm. situation. Um, through my research, I've learned that Anaheim is the number one team at drafting and developing defensemen. Oh, they love it. They're great at um, it. So, me thinks that uh, Hayden Fleury is like, he's 24. Um, mm-hmm. There's still room there. He's going to get a chance. Um, me thinks that Hayden Fleury might find himself on some special teams and might find himself developing into quite the top four defensemen to augment the uh, Jamie Drysdale situation. Um, speaking of Anaheim, they didn't trade Josh Manson and they had Oddly. no reason not to sell at the deadline, so I don't understand this. Um, but yeah, Hayden Fleury was kind of Carolina going, well, we need to get something for him because we're going to lose him in expansion. And, um, is Hawk and Pa anything? Um, he, he has actually one of the most interesting, like war charts I've ever seen. He's in the second percentile for, um, even strength offense, which is like literally the worst you can be. And he's in the 98th percentile for even strength defense. So my assumption is he doesn't cross the red line. So that's essentially what it was like when I was tested, like when when I was deemed gifted as a kid. I did the gifted. I did the gifted test and I was like literally like 11th percentile in math. (laughs) Like it's like terrible. And I was, I believe, 99th percentile in English. And now I'm a writer. Nailed it. Worked out. All right. And last one. I They made me do like the fucking gifted test. So like I skipped a grade. Yeah. And then they made me do the, the gifted test for the grade that like 
the, the grade ahead of the grade that you so instead of making to. me do like let's say i was in grade four they made you a grade instead six instead of gifted. making me do the grade three gifted test which was the grade that like i technically should have been in they made me do the grade four gifted test oh jeez! and i still tested gifted hey just two just two gifties hanging out that's what they used to two call gi- us that's what we're calling this podcast the gifted like, yeah like it's because literally like I went to a school that had like I in middle school. So that's what I tested for it in grade six. And then I went to uh, and then I did you have to do those like weird logic tests? Oh, that yeah. Are like figure out this Rubik's cube. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised they weren't like this kid's a serial killer. <laughs> like he, he <laughs> the logic tests. I was just like, kill them all. Human life doesn't matter. No, but it's it'd be funny. But like I remember they used to call I went the middle school I went to. There were two ca- classes of gifted kids and then like four or five that were of, of normal kids. This was Deer Park. Shout out. And, uh, and I remember that they, like, they used to call us gifties and like, we like only, I think only in grade eight, we, we like really then became friends with people who weren't in our programs because we saw it everywhere. Also gifted program sucks because they put you in gifted everything, even if you test gifted really highly in one thing. So I was 11th percentile in math and I was doing gifted math. Are you kidding me? So you shout out my parents cause they had me like tested cause I was like, first of all, the one year they sent me to a public school for elementary school, I was like so bored in class. They thought I was autistic <laughs> because I wasn't doing anything. And my mom's like, no, she's just like really smart. And they're like, we don't believe you. And so then they tested me, realized I was gifted a grade ahead of what I was supposed to be in. And and my parents were like, that's enough. You're going back to the private school. Yanked me right out and put me back in the private school where basically like I was doing like derivatives in grade three. <laughs> Just absurd. Like, but because in the private school, they don't have to, like, they have to teach as long as you are in the bare minimum Ontario curriculum, that's fine. But they can teach over and above yeah. that. So, like, in in kindergarten, in, um, like, public school, they don't teach you much, right? But in, like, in the school that I was at, in kindergarten, I knew how to do division. Right. So like technically everybody would have tested gifted, but that was just because the curriculum was so far ahead. So like shout out Michael and Karen. Um, thank you for ripping me out of the public school after a half of a year and being like, back you go to your shirt and tie uniform. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I dated a girl who went to BSS in grade 12. and I remember always. Oh, I remember always being like, why do you wear sailor suits every day? Like that's. It's hilarious. Um, all right. Man, I could tie a tie better than like 90% of my guy friends. Yeah, you could probably tie a tie better than me. Like, although I'm pretty decent at it. I've worked in an office long enough. Anyway, last trade is the Avs reacquire, I guess. Like they've had him before. Carl Soderberg uh, from, I had no idea Carl Soderberg was on Chicago, by the way. I, that, that was news. Neither did I. That was news to me when I saw this come down. Um, I was I was actually thinking it was the other way around. I'm like, oh, Chicago's getting Soderbergh. That's interesting because I just assumed he was on the abs the whole time, but he's not. Um, for Josh Dickinson and the rights to Ryder Rolston, very cool name. Soderbergh's being a very interesting case. He was making a lot of money at one point in his career, um, and now he's getting traded for Josh Dickinson and the rights to Ryder Rolston. I mean, this just kind of bolsters whatever Colorado's got going on. They already got Devin Dubnik, so they, they're, they're sitting pretty. Everything else is just gravy. Yeah. Um... Soderbergh's kind of fallen off a little bit this year, um, but the reality is he's playing up the lineup when he doesn't need to be. He'll go to Colorado, play on the fourth line. Good depth for them. They're loading up. Everything will be fine. Um, I have no idea who Josh Dickinson is, and that's not me being facetious. I genuinely don't know. Ryder Ralston is in the NCAA right now and not doing all that well. However, 
Chicago does have one of the better development, uh, like investment departments That's good. Uh, in the league. Um, so I think if they're going to get any, if, if anybody's going to get anything out of him, it would be basically Chicago, Carolina, Toronto kind of vibe there. Um, because there is a, they have Kendall Coyne Schofield on their development staff. Oh, and well, there you she go. definitely knows what's up. Um, even though she's American and we only cheer for the Canadian teams on this podcast. Um, I did not know that was a rule, yeah, but she, okay. Like she'll, she'll f- get a hold of him and, and figure it out. So I think, uh, it, if he's got a chance to play, um, he's definitely probably nothing more than a fourth, uh, third liner. Um, but there you go. Yeah. All it's right. Basically nothing to write home about. Well, Rachel. A, a trade deadline, another one has come and gone. Our first on the podcast, which is pretty exciting. Hopefully, hopefully there will be many more to come. Let's hop into the Kovalev shift real quick, and then go and enjoy uh, the rest of our nights. Kovalev was a great shot, scores. Alex Kovalev. It's Kovalev. Kovalev scores. Oh, All right. So you want to talk about this real quick? I'm giving you like two minutes. Oh, yeah, I don't even really want to spend that much time. All right, go for it. Um, So we're seeing a lot of, like, there's a lot of fear-mongering happening to do with the vaccine, like, worldwide. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you that if you've ever smoked pot, a cigarette, gotten Botox, eaten McDonald's, um, any of that, you needn't worry about what's in the vaccine because here are some quick stats for you. More people have died from gender reveals than the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'm literally not even kidding. Some literal idiot started a forest fire in California that killed a bunch of people. Yeah, someone because like of blew a themselves reveal. up like two months um, ago. Just quickly, 0.0004%, so four cases in every million, mm-hmm. resulted in a blood clot. For context, 500 to 1,200 cases in, in a million women who take birth control result in blood clots. Smoking causes seven. Uh, 1,763 cases per million, so that's uh, 0.18%. And even better, if you actually get COVID, you are there is a 16.5% chance you will have a blood clot. Oh, okay. That is literally over a thousand times more than just getting the vaccine. So, like, if someone says, oh, look, there's a, a case of a blood clot, don't worry because you are literally a hundred times more likely to get a blood clot due to birth control, and y'all are on it. So, please stop with this, like, fear-mongering. Like, it's it's totally not necessary. The vaccine is safe. It's fine. Speaking of vaccines, your boy registered for one this morning. Let's go! Hell yeah, I'm in a priority postal code now. And I what was what's interesting is... Actually, same, I, but I can't get it until I get some other... Yeah. Uh, serious medical things under control i would not have known i was eligible for this unless someone who i knew passingly my ex-girlfriend's uh like co-star in a show at western or something he lives in like a building next to me i think great guy steve morrow shout out if you're if you're listening to this love you dude you're awesome you and taryn you're great and he like texted me being like hey man did you know that we're like eligible for this i'm like what i could have been waiting here for like four months Un, unbeknownst to me that I was able to get the vaccine and now I've at least registered. I don't know when it's going to actually happen, but hey, I'm about to get it. All right. Another trade deadline is coming and gone. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this all plays out. Playoffs are going to be so much fun. We'll be here 
right alongside, hold, delicately holding your hand, tenderly holding your, holding your hand through it all. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. Me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any podcatcher out there, Podbean, you name it. Buy our merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash Staff and Graph Shop. And uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna leave us a review, we'd love it to be positive. Leave us a five star review. Let us know how much you love the podcast. If it's gonna be negative, at least make it entertaining so we can laugh at you. Rachel, do you have anything? Any other words to say before we leave the our wonderful listeners until Friday? I think she's the only one still listening. Hi, Grandma. I love you. Sorry for all the swears. Also that yes, I am sorry. All right. Bye bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>